You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan 235, The Force Awakens. That's right, David and I are going to talk about Star Wars in the second half of the show. It's really a long episode. Thanks for listening. It is uh, Tech Fan Podcast 235. I am Stuffy Tim. <laughs> and he's uh, David I'm Cohen. stuck up David. <laughs> so we're recording this very early on a Sunday morning here in the Eastern Time Zone. What time is it there? It's uh, 20 to 12. Yeah, see, it's not early for you at all. Well, um, Sunday, so I'll take it easy on Sunday. <laughs> So we missed our Friday regular time slot because my modem died on me. Technical difficulties. You know, it's funny. Um, I knew this thing was going out on Wednesday. Uh, Around 4 o'clock Wednesday afternoon, it just started flaking out and kind of died. And I didn't have the opportunity to call Comcast right then, but I did later that night. And they were troubleshooting it, and uh, the consensus was, yeah, it's bad. In fact, it even went to level two. Right. And uh, the solution is you need a new modem. Now, I have a Comcast whatever uh, retail outlet, maybe six miles away. And they suggested I go up there and get a new one. Here's the problem, though, David. Thursday morning, it's working great again. Tough call. Mm-hmm. Stupid call on my part because I didn't do anything. <laughs> By the way, that's my uh, my coffee I'm drinking right now. Yeah, yeah we might have to take uh, a break earlier just so I can go refill my coffee. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's always a... You, you want to be confident that... If something clears up that it was just kind of some software error and it wasn't hardware, and so you you think, oh, it's cleared up now, it should be okay. Well, this was a software error. Uh, it they had pushed a update down to the modem, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, it wasn't installing it, and so right. the modem was getting confused when it went to try to install this. It just didn't, and so then it would go into this recursive loop, and so when it started working at, <clears throat> again, I thought, well. Maybe it fixed itself, figured it out. Yeah. It didn't. So the so there's the problem. Do I take it back? Because it seems to be working fine now. And let's yeah. be honest. By nature, I, I like to try to be la- as lazy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and the thought of driving 12 miles just to swap something out when it's working fine, eh, that seems yeah. stupid. So then, of course, here we come on Friday, 11 a.m., David and I sitting down, getting ready to record Tech Fan, which we both really want to do because we have some pretty cool topics. In fact, this whole second half of this show is going to be about Star Wars The Force Awakens. So when we go to break, if you haven't seen Star Wars The Force Awakens yet, 
That should be the end of the show. Until after you see Star Wars The Force Awakens, we will be spoiling things in the second half of the show. So David and I sit down. We're going to record. I literally hit the button to call you, David. I literally hit that button. And my internet went, gone. Just that fast. I think that was technically the sound it made. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, George Lucas knew you were going to talk about his movie. Well, his rival's movie. (laughs) And uh, decided to intervene. So I I was obviously not happy. I reset the modem. Didn't work. It was the same problem that I had before, and I went. Yeah, gotta go you know, replace it. You know how they say that text and email is an imperfect communication mm. medium because you don't get the nuances of what somebody's saying to you. I could tell how angry you were, even though the words you were saying weren't you weren't full of swearing or anything, but the words you were saying, I could tell you were really cross. <laughs> I was. I and, really and was. Cross, Most cross mostly at myself. Yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I should have, I, because I know better. I know better. And so the flip side of this bummed out story, well, there's two flip sides. The one that we're doing it now, very early on a Sunday, which by the way, probably within the next half hour or so, Cole will come down the stairs before he even sees me or knows that I'm recording a podcast. I'll get the good morning, dad. Yeah. And his very chipper, it's early <laughs> in the morning, but only dad and I are are up right now. On the weekends, that's how it always is. It's always Cole and I for the first two hours. Uh-huh. Nobody else will be up until at least 10. So the listeners are probably going to hear Cole wake up, and then you're going to hear me telling Cole, I already know how the conversation is going to go. Gonna yeah. go. I'm going to say, I'm recording a podcast, buddy. Do you want mom's iPad? Do you want to play on that for a little bit until daddy's done? And he'll say yes. And then he'll go play on the iPad in the other room. Um, the only issue with that, though, is if we start talking Star Wars, he's going to hear it and he hasn't seen the movie yet. Oh, dear. So we'll figure that out in a few minutes. The other flip side of this story is I send David a text, very angry at myself because the modem dies. <laughs> So I unhook my modem, I drive over to Comcast, I walk into the store, David, and I tell them what's going on, and I, there's no drama, there's no anything. She was just, is it dead? And I said, yeah, I talked to tech, in fact, I got to level two, and yeah. And before I can really start to explain what's happening, she just picks up the modem, walks into the back room, comes back out with a brand new one in, wrapped up in everything, shrink wrap, scans it into the computer, hands it to me, and says... Uh, there you go. Same modem, same everything. I mean, it's brand new. I said, do I need to, you know, activate it or anything? She goes, you should be able to just plug it in and it works. Um, but if not, just call this number right here. So I literally drive home, plug in the modem. It works for about five minutes and then it stops working. So, okay, I got to activate it. I call a number five minutes after that. I'm right back up and running. All of that took place in less time than it usually takes us to record the podcast because we start at 11 a.m. I had the new modem and it was up and running and great by what? 11:50. Right. Mhm. Yep. And then That's... I said <clears throat> yesterday I sent David a a, a speed test result cuz I was kind of curious on what the new modem was doing cuz it, it felt really peppy. 
I'm doing about 86 megabits per second down and 8.26 up. Not too I shabby. You. I hate you. So I'll give props to uh, to Comcast on this. They yeah. diagnosed the problem on the phone at 11, like 11, 1130 at night. Uh, very helpful. They only hung up on me once. <clears throat> pretty good for them. It's pretty not bad for them. <laughs> um, no problem, no drama in the store. They just handed me a new one. I came home, plugged it in, called the 800 number. Within seconds, it was up and running. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? I mean, it I, I shouldn't be surprised. That's that's the way it's supposed to be. But, of course, uh, what did I say to you when you first told me that story? Next month, you're going to get billed twice. <laughs> yeah, we're showing that you're renting two cable modems from yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Or you'll get a $50 service transfer fee. And they'll be like, hang on a minute. I only changed because you're broke. Mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't, our system doesn't say that, sir. The, the, the error's got to be on your end, sir. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got the guy working on my roof, so my initial thought was, okay, the guy working on my roof must have knocked one of my cables loose up or something up there. Right. That was my original thought, but that wasn't the case. The level two tech actually was like, yeah, I could see exactly what's going on. And, you know, there was an update to the modem and it didn't install it. And so it's kind of nice when you talk to someone that actually, actually the first guy that I talked to, he pretty much described the problem spot on within yeah. a minute of talking to him. And I always let Comcast and places like that know, look, I'm kind of an expert here. I know what I'm doing. You know, I don't need to go through all the little troubleshooting things because I've already done that. I know what I'm doing. So did anyone actually say what the updates to the modem was meant to do? No. Because in some respects, you could say, well, hang on a minute. The thing was working properly, and then you broke it to give me something that I never asked for, I never wanted. And what was that What was that supposed to improve for me? I mean, a modem is a modem. I mean, it's not like it has loads of particular features, bells and whistles on it that would need regular updating. No, but occasionally Comcast will upgrade their network a little bit, especially with their Xfinity Wi-Fi. They turn everybody's home modem into an open network. So if my next-door neighbor, for instance, is on is an Xfinity Comcast customer and their Internet goes down, they could literally join my Xfinity modem. With their account. Great. That sounds like a fabulous feature. Well, I turned it off. <laughs> I figured out how to turn it off, and technically I didn't turn it off. I just put a password on it. Yeah. In fact, my BT one does exactly the same thing. So at the moment, I've turned off the Wi-Fi because I'm using a, a separate router. So I've, I've turned that off. But I'm actually going to take the whole thing out of the circuit and put a, a separate DSL modem in. I just, um, I just thought of something. I had set up the... Uh, yeah, it's not there anymore. I have to reset this one up to turn that off. I could see that it's on again. Yeah. Well, that was my last modem, so now I've got to go in and, and do it with this one. I changed... Well, technically, it's broadcasting two signals out of this modem. The the private one that I can set up, and mm -hmm. that's the one that I always rename DEA Surveillance Van. Yeah. And then the other one that just says Xfinity Wi-Fi. Uh, but I run everything through my airport. Yeah. The thing is, is, I mean, 
Oh, okay, so you have an 80, what, 85 megabit down connection. So you've got some bandwidth there to share. Yeah. They have it turned on on mine, and, and I have a 6 megabit DSL. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, if anybody else in the house uses it, is no good for anything. I mean, I'm recording this now. Everyone in the house has been told no, no iPads, <laughs> no streaming, nothing, because otherwise the connection will fall apart. And, and so it kind of annoys me that that BT think they can share that to the neighbourhood when they give me such poor service. It's kind of sad that I've got 86 and you're at six. Yeah, they they <laughs> can literally take everything you have away from me and i'd still be like oh, i got pretty good speed here <laughs> yeah that's yeah. pretty sad it is so what's going so, on in the tech world what's going on what do we got in our notes here we've got some feedback um there was the let's well, let's, about let's start about let's go with with uh, feedback first because feedback. the whole okay. second part of the show is going to be star wars okay and again right. once again for those listening if you have not seen star wars the force awakens when we go to commercial break, that's where you need to stop listening. I'm not. I don't want to hear any hate mail about oh, you guys spoiled the movie for me. Blah blah blah. This is ample warning. We are going uh, to talk know, about the movie. I th- I think yeah. I think everybody really should expect one once the. I did a bit of searching on on kind of movie comment this morning. Yeah. I think once the movie's been been released. You know, it really is a buyer beware situation for spoilers. If somebody leaks it to you before the movie comes out, leaks something, then you know you can be annoyed at them. But no, or you can punch them in the face. <laughs> but I did see this great thing the other night where this um, this guy who'd uh, regularly had spoiled uh, TV shows for his friends, and so they found out he was going to see the movie. They started sending him fake spoilers for the movie. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, you've been warned. So feedback. Um Mark Chappell uh Chappell, Chappell, I'm not sure how quite how he pronounced that, was said he would be interested to hear if we have backed any Kickstarter projects. Did they arrive and did they meet expectations? That's, uh, a, that's a good question. Yeah. Go ahead. Have have well, you backed I've, any? I've backed quite a few actually. I've probably probably done about eight in total over the last couple of years. Um, now I, I I go into these with very low expectations. I'm not one of these people who, a lot of a lot of guys on the internet who who do Kickstarter think they've bought something, uh, and I I take the approach I think which I believe is what Kickstarter's um, philosophy is, which is that you are investing in something and they offer to give you something in return for the investment, but there's it's an investment. There's no real guarantees. Uh, whatever the however glossy the video and, and glowing the description is and it's fair to say that pretty much everything i've bought uh, i've all uh, invested in on kickstarter has uh, arrived late <laughs> everything everything but yeah, and that doesn't surprise me because if mo- for most of the people on kickstarter if they were experienced in doing production and business and manufacturing and quality control and all of those sort of things then they wouldn't need to get investment through kickstarter they would go a more conventional um, investor route like um, venture capital funding or uh, bank loans or that sort of thing you normally go to kickstarter when you you can't get it any other way i think that no no i think that was true initially and maybe even for the first 75 percent of the time kickstarters existed i think there's a lot of people who 
when they come up with an idea, they don't even think about going to a bank anymore. I think their initial thought is, I'm going to take this to Kickstarter or generally a crowdfunding source. That's I, I really think that that is people's default setting now, especially in the tech world. Hey, this is a cool idea. I'm going to try to do a Kickstarter on this. They never even think about going to a bank. I, w- I would assume that as a business, you're taking more risk by going through Kickstarter. Uh, if, if a bank, if if, a, if an investor loans you, if a, like an angel investor or a venture capitalist investor loans you money, they take they take equity in your company. But basically, if your company disappears because your product doesn't work, then they get nothing back. Whereas with Kickstarter, it, it, you get a lot more publicity, you get a lot of negative publicity if things don't go well, uh, and you get a lot more pressure from individual investors. I would say it's a harder route to go down. I would agree. Um, yeah. To a certain extent, but the flip side of I've said flip side a lot this episode. Yeah. The other side of that argument is, if you go to a bank, you really have to have your ducks in order. You have to have a solid business plan. You have to have projections. With Kickstarter, really, you need a paragraph description and a cool video, and you're good to go. Uh, and that's why <laughs> pretty that's, much everything I've ever invested you in waited and waited that late. Yeah. Um, some of the things I I I um, I'm trying to think the things I've invested in. I've invested in stuff like multi tools. I I kind of like the you know those titanium or, or aluminium doohickeys that people wear on their belts that do different things. I'm I'm, I'm into all of that kind of everyday carry stuff. So I've had a few of those through Kickstarter. Most of which have they've not been massively late, but they've been slightly delayed. The first thing I ever invested in was kind of a, a flashlight. Uh, a funky flashlight with, where all the the flashlight heads can come off on cables and so you can turn it from an ordinary flashlight into a, a head headlamp torch or if you're working in the car and all this sort of thing that's well, i've been waiting for that for about two years now um and you get periodic updates where it says oh we tried this and we've, we've redesigned that and this manufacturing partner's fallen through um i had one that that basically was a complete disappointment it had about 20% of the functionality that it was originally promised when it arrived and that arrived late as well um, it, I mean it, this, this is the kind of the pattern for Kickstarter really I, uh, I'm i not surprised by that but I, I'm always I'm very wary about how much money I invest I wouldn't put more than about $40, $50 at the most into anything on Kickstarter just because you know, I know some people invest four, five hundred. When you say Kickstarter, are you do you mean the actual website, or are you, are you just talking crowdsourcing? I'm talking. Well, I I tend to only use Kickstarter. Yeah. I don't use any of the other ones because what is the other ones? I'm I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, that's my problem. I, I'm sitting here trying to remember. What are the name yeah. of the other? There is another big one, but I um, GoFundMe or. Well, GoFundMe is kind of like, uh, I've broken my foot, I have no insurance, please help me pay for this doctor visit. That's what I've noticed the GoFundMe stuff is kind of doing. Which I think is cool, don't get me wrong, that's not disparaging at all. I think that that's actually a very cool way to be able to help people, friends, family. There's there's Indiegogo, isn't there as well, that's that's the other one. Yep, that's the other one. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've never used any other ones. Kickstarter is the one that I kind of know best. And uh, I think as, as one of the earliest ones, I think they're, um, the, the, the publicity keeps them a little bit cleaner than maybe some of the others. Well, that and 
they've been synonymous now with crowdfunding. I mean, when you when people say I'm going to start a Kickstarter, they don't always mean Kickstarter.com. Yeah, which probably isn't a very good thing. Well, it's kind of like Hoover, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's become a or Google, you know, has become a, a shortcut for for the act rather than the actual site itself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm try. I there was. I think we have them here on TechFan. I don't think this was OWC Radio. Uh, guys who worked at, I think it was Atari or something, and they started up a card game. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I can't remember much more than that. Uh, and I did a search on TechFan for Kickstarter, uh, but I wasn't listed there so i don't remember maybe if i do a search for interview that's one of the only ones that i've ever backed mm-hmm. uh oh we got a lot of roger hector is that was that it yes that was uh yeah. that was it it was called seriously and it didn't go through I backed it, and it was on Kickstarter, by the way. I just didn't realize that that was it. Let me see if it's still listed. It was. Um, they had a hundred thousand dollar goal, and they raised uh, about fifty two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, it was a very funny game for smartphones and friends. And I, I remember looking at it, and we had them on the show, and I thought this is kind of cute. I, I, I'm going to back this, and I backed it at five bucks or ten bucks. I think ten bucks, and uh, it didn't go through. So I've mm-hmm. never backed anything that's worked. I'm a hundred percent failure rate. Yeah, at so, least that's so the only I, one I remember backing. I, I'm just looking through my my Kickstarter list now. So um, probably about fifty, sixty percent of the stuff I've backed has come through so far. Um, and some of it, I've got to be honest, has been really good. I, I backed a, a thing called My Stand Plus, which is a, a stand for the iPad on your desk, and it's fantastic. It really, really is good. Hmm. Um, it's you know it's it's easily as good as a as a, a you know a product from Twelve South or, or any of the kind of bigger well known designers for Apple stuff. My issue with crowdfunding when it comes personally me putting my money in is that usually the price is higher than I'm willing to spend uh, without knowing for a fact if I'm going to get it or not. Now some people yeah. say yeah, but with Kickstarter, Tim, if if it's not backed. 100% they don't take your money which is true but it's not the ones that are 100% backed that worry me it's the ones that are 100% backed takes my money and never ever ships because yeah. that is a huge problem in the Kickstarter community in crowdfunding in particular that these places are backed they get the money and then you never get anything they, they never take it to another level yeah uh, look, the hard part about any of these things. So, for instance, I've got a thing in here that that I backed. Um, they they wanted five thousand dollars. They got eighty six thousand dollars. Wow! It was funded in the twenty third of May of, of this year, and this is a, a spinning top made of um, made of steel that has special turbo blades on the inside of the top. So it it's it looks a little bit. If you saw Inception, you know the thing that that Cobb used to check whether he was in. Uh, whether he's in a dream or not, the, the top he used that would just kept spinning and spinning. This thing will this thing will spin for around about an hour. They reckoned. Really? These two, yeah. <laughs> um, and it wasn't expensive. It was you know it was about it was twenty thirty dollars something like that. But it was meant to ship in August. 
and it still hasn't shipped yet. And it, you th- you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, it's, it's a piece of metal. How hard can it be to make this? But you read their um, design blog. They've had all sorts of manufacturing problems. They've had uh, quality and control issues. They have had performance issues with this thing. Um, and I, I th- and they've had to make some design changes. Um, it, it's the, the the problem with crowdfunding is it's in some respects it's easier to come up with the idea than it is to actually get it get it manufactured. And well, I think that's why people, they go to Kickstarter because yeah. that you know banks and and actual investment firms or even angel investors, private ones, they know how difficult this stuff is. They'll look at your business business plan and go, okay, you're only asking for a hundred thousand, but just tooling alone is going to be seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they they get a dose of reality when they go to I don't want to say legitimate because let's be honest, Kickstarter is legitimate, no question. Yeah. But when they go to, you know, the the people with the pocket, deep pockets, you're going to get a dose of reality which I think a lot of people don't want to hear. Well, yeah, I I think people fail to realize that actually they you know, manufacturing, particularly if you, most of these things are manufactured overseas. Yeah. Uh, dealing with overseas manufacturers and trying to get things produced to your, you you can get stuff produced to your exact specification, but you have to detail so much stuff that people don't realize they have to detail. Well, you to say get that, that specification, and when you say overseas, you're talking about China. And there yeah. is a great story that I've been following from Amazon in the UK, and I believe they're doing the same thing here in the US now, where uh, these little hoverboards that you stand on mm. and you ride around, they're actually quite dangerous. There's a lot of companies that make this, but it turns out that the Chinese manufacturer that they're going through has cut corners left and right. Yep. And Amazon UK has taken it a step further than I believe the U.S. has so far in that they did not a recall, but they're telling people who bought these hoverboards, just destroy them, and we've already given you your money back. Yeah, and in fact, I know somebody who's in that position. Um, a lady who comes and does some work for us. She she mentioned this to my wife the other day. Of course, she's she's had the refund. She's not got got this. The problem she's got not not got any intention of throwing the hoverboard away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I read that and I thought, yeah, I bet ninety percent people keep the hoverboard. Yeah. But Amazon saying destroy it, get rid of it. Here's your money back. From a legality standpoint, they're covered now. I, they are. I, I think the problem with the hoverboard is a fundamentally flawed product because to to move a person takes an awful lot of energy. So you have to have store an awful lot of energy in a battery to to get that thing to work. And that is inherently unsafe with anything that's not 100% well designed. Yep. Um, and, and it turns out I, – I read a wire cutter review of these things. It turns out they're all basically the same inside. Mm-hmm. Whoever Whoever – invented these things uh, the the chinese chinese manufacturers have just gone and and you know rubber stamped exactly the same design they're yes. all the same internally there's no so you buy one brand or another whether you spend a thousand dollars or four hundred dollars you might be getting slightly different comp- quality components but the design is the same and i think the design is inherently faulty yeah which yeah. is why sometimes these things i saw it i saw a youtube video of a guy 
a, a guy in Korea riding one of these six months ago where he came around a corner and it caught fire under his feet. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, and he was trying to put it out. I mean, the video was actually really funny because the guy, <laughs> kind of, he was in, he was like, like in a multi-story car park or something and he just didn't know what to do and he's running back and forth and you could just see in the corner this, this thing is, is getting, you know, the flames are coming up like like crazy and i thank goodness he was in a bare concrete space you know yeah the flip side of that and there's flip side again by the way yeah you Uh, need to start using the dark side of that yeah the dark side of that is the the story of the people having one of these it's charging in their house it catches on fire in the middle of the night and it kills them yeah but i wouldn't again i wouldn't ever charge anything i bought online when i'm not there I, I don't need stuff charging overnight. I mean, maybe my Apple stuff and, and my, my phone and things, but I wouldn't I wouldn't leave anything charging that was... I think most know. people would, though, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's people's fault because you should be able to buy things that are safe to leave. You're not expecting know. something to catch on fire because it's charging. Yeah, but having said that, you kind of know when you're buying cheap Chinese stuff and... You shouldn't leave cheap Chinese stuff charging overnight, unattended. Really. Yeah, you know. So um, another big story, which I'm sad to see, because a lot of people got burned by this. But by the same token, if they'd been listening to Tech Fan, yeah, they'd have known not to get the software. And I've been railing against this piece of software for a long time. And it's called MacKeeper. Mm. It's a piece of junk software. It's advertised on the worst sites on the internet. They use pop-ups, pop-below windows. Uh, it registers that you're using a Mac, so it tries to, uh, hey, you've got a security breach. You really need our software. Yeah. And it's it's crapware. It's uh, junkware. It's, well, it's According to them, it's award-winning. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out like, there's a problem yeah, with it, David. Yeah, well, I mean, MacKeeper is basically it's the um, it, it, it's snake oil of the highest order, but it, it's almost like the online equivalent of those kind of um, TV ads for things that chop. Yeah, <laughs> you know what you know things I mean. I do exactly. Kind of, unfortunately, TV infomercials where that and and you know and there's more. And MacKeeper is a little bit like that, uh, but unfortunately, they had their. Um, they had their website breached, and 13 million of their user account details were stolen. Which is uh, it's depressing that 13 million people <laughs> actually use this stuff. Uh, though though they they came out after and said, well, it's not as many active users because not a lot of people. Some of those are dormant accounts. Yeah. Pretty much anybody who tried the thing probably didn't use it that much. But nevertheless, they put their details into the into the the site and they've had their uh, website hacked and all of those account details have been stolen not their credit card details to be fair but nevertheless a lot of people use the same account names for all sorts of accounts on the internet so it's not great to have that stolen um and for a company that supposedly sells a product that's all about uh, security and optimization pretty embarrassing but I guess they don't. I guess they've got a high tolerance for embarrassment over at MacKeeper. So here's my history with this little bit of uh, MacKeeper. Uh, I just went through my email as you were talking in April. I get an email from a PR company that I've seen before, and it's for MacKeeper. And they're like, "Hey, they have this new GreenKeeper initiative. They're committed to keeping green living through the use of technology." 
And, I, and I'm like, wow, this guy is repping MacKeeper? And they're an outside firm. So I sent this guy a reply. I said, are you serious? Are you really representing malware? The same MacKeeper that advertises on porn, pirate, and other degenerate sites uh, that tries to trick people into downloading it that causes more problems than almost any Mac software on the market? I hope they are paying you a lot to uh, associate your name with a company in this product. So I came down pretty hard on the guy. And three minutes later, this is the reply I got. Um, Tim, and the guy's name is Rich, okay? I'm not going to say the company he works for or anything. Tim, they've had some bad PR for sure. Uh, But but they were bought by a new company recently, Chromtech, and they are trying hard to clean up their act. They're about to usher in a new way of advertising with less pushy methods and more information to users and potential users. They get good reviews by reputable sites, so the software is good. I agree, they're not, they've not done things great in the past. And I was like, okay. And, and I saw that, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to... I'm not going to reply to this guy, because he's justifying... That yeah. he, his company's getting a paycheck from this, and his job is to rep them. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. I, I said my piece, he said his piece, I let it go. And I got... Two more emails from him between then and now. <laughs> uh, but the last thing I got from him was in July. Okay. Right. So then I get, you know, you and I share links and stuff for the show notes. So mm-hmm. I see this link at 9 to 5 Mac about this whole crapware, blah, 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 the data breach, all this, right? Yeah. So I all I did was uh, reply to his earlier email. Yeah, and I and I, with the link, and I said, "Hope you're still not working with this company, Rich." Yeah, and he replied ten minutes later, "Tim, nope, not since July. Thank God." <laughs> Disappointing to hear that they're uh, that they were changing their ways, then find out they hadn't and they weren't. They definitely deserve what they get. Well, I'm just looking at their website here. They have changed their ways in some respect because they moved from a single payment to a subscription plan for MacKeeper. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be called. No, that's it's not a subscription plan. It's called ransomware. <laughs> when I was at Mac Specialist, we would get computers in that had this on there, and the people couldn't figure out why their machines were so much slower, and they were getting pop-ups all the time, and it was so difficult back then, 2011 or so, uh, some in 2012 why they couldn't get the software out of there because it was changing its names. It was hiding places. It, it was, it's one of the worst pieces of software. So for anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you've downloaded MacKeeper, good luck to you. Yeah. Well, it might look, be too but, late, but the problem is, and, and this is, this is the sad thing about this story is that company come a company that makes the product list. They prey on the people who know the least about technology. Yeah. Yeah. And these 13 million user accounts will be people who probably aren't very technically literate at all uh, and bought the software. They were they were conned, basically. They're the victims. They were conned into buying something that was nowhere near as valuable as they were led to believe, yeah, by people who were selling scare tactics. And now they've had their personal details stolen and, and smeared all over the Internet. Uh, and that that is really... That, that just goes to show how, quite how disgusting this is. And, and you know what? Since this story broke, I've not heard a lot from Matt Keeper about 
what they're doing to normally companies come out and they say oh we're very sorry yeah they get in front of this you know yeah we'll 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 do we'll do some credit scoring checking for you and some you know and we'll we'll take proactive steps to make sure there's nothing absolutely nothing you know and and i again you know you're talking about uninstall the program they have uninstall instructions on the website and this is hilarious need to uninstall mac keeper quit mac keeper drag the app to the trash and uh and then click the uninstall button that appears right and but then you think okay well fine that sounds not as bad as it used to be but then there's a list of four things other things you have to uninstall because they install other crap along with their program the amazon browser bar just cloud tune up all these other different things that are coming along with this stuff it's terrible yeah it really is terrible and i, I do feel sorry for the people who've been you know they've now been double scammed because they they were scammed into buying this rubbish in the first place and now they've had their details stolen it's it's a sad state of affairs unfortunately you know this was kind of the norm in the windows world for a long time and it's becoming the norm on the mac side which is why you need to listen to shows like this like like the my mac like uh dave hamilton's mac observer mac geek gab you need to listen to these kind of shows if you're using a mac just to kind of stay up to date on what the hell's going on. Because, look, if you're not a sophisticated user, they're going to get you eventually. I mean, these guys are really good at marketing their product and scaring you. And that's the thing I don't like. I hate scare tactics. I hate it when private companies do it, and I hate it when the government does it. And, unfortunately, they, they're justified in that scare tactics almost always work. David, we... Do you... Do you yeah. Go ahead. Do you know Dave, do you know Dave Hamilton? I do. I know Dave I'm, Hamilton? Sure, all the time. I'm afraid they're using him to promote these products on their front page. Are so they really? That. Yeah. Wow. Mac Keeper, huh? Yeah. Uh, I almost don't want to go to their website. Is it MacKeeper.com? Yeah. Um. Right on their front site. Oh, right yeah. Right on the front is. page. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I'll have to send him an email about that. Yeah. He's not going to be happy. There's really sure. nothing he can do about it, but no, they, they probably they probably photobombed him at MacWorld or somewhere, and then said, "Look, David Hamilton." Well, it's a, well, no, it's a video. Yeah. So I'm. Hmm. Well, I, I'll get a hold of David about that. Uh, yeah. Listen, Dave, we uh, we've got another topic that we're going to push to next week, and it's uh, about yes. it's about Apple design and. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we need to get to the Star Wars stuff. We, we do. Wait, it's not timely. Exactly. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be a little late again because uh, Friday is Christmas, and I don't think Julie's going to want to take the kids upstairs during the day and be quiet yeah. while I record a show. So next week, again, it's probably going to be Saturday or Sunday that we record, but we will have a show. And again, we do apologize for being a little bit tardy. I know some of you listen to this show over the weekend so hopefully we didn't ruin your weekend by not having a tech fan ready for you it's david's fault um (laughs) we'd love to have feedback from you send it to the show at techfanpodcast.com the show one word at techfanpodcast.com or simply go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a comment Uh, i did get an email from our headphone buddy from last week you remember that one Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't for sharing, so I'm, I'm not going to okay. read that one. Uh, let's take a quick break. I need to go grab a coffee and uh, a nice fresh brew, and then we will uh, discuss 
with major spoilers. Major yeah. spoilers after this point, people. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchot, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. And we are back here on Tech Fan 235, The Tech Fan Awakens. I have no idea if that's <laughs> what I'm going to name this or not, probably. Yeah. Um, so in that break, it was a little bit longer than we were expecting, um, Cole woke up. So uh, I had to deal with that, get him to use the bathroom because, you know, he's a boy. And as soon as he wakes up in the morning, that's one of the things you got to do. And because we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens and Cole hasn't seen the movie yet, and he really wants to, uh, I've got him sitting on the couch about eight feet away from me, playing on his mom's iPad, but listening to the iPhone. He's actually listening to the Force Awakens soundtrack, which doesn't spoil anything, yeah. uh, but he's got a really good pair of headphones on those Philips that I've talked about in the last few episodes. Yeah. He's got those on. He's listening to music. Uh, hopefully, he'll be quiet enough for us to do this episode. Sure. I was totally expecting him to wake up while we were recording, and he did, but he didn't come downstairs right away. He was making noise yeah. upstairs, and he uh -huh. did that on the break. So, <laughs> so David, we, uh, we've given everyone ample fair warning. We're going to be so. discussing yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, we are going to be talking about a lot of things that is going to spoil the movie for a lot of people. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to see it and you don't want to know anything about it, this is the last possible second for you to stop listening to this episode. I would suggest come back to this episode and listen to the rest of the show after you've yeah. seen it. Yep. So when did you get to see it? So I, I was traveling away uh, on work, and so um, they they did this thing. I don't know whether they do this in the U.S., but they did this thing here where, when it was it was it was available on the Thursday, so at five past midnight Thursday morning, you could go and see it. So I was stuck in a hotel in Newcastle. Uh, it was about two hundred fifty miles from home with nothing to do. So I figured I'd get a ticket and go and see it. So yeah. I did. So I was up till three in the morning watching the movie. Worth so, it though, huh? Uh, I, I think it was worth it for the experience. There was, I, it wasn't, it wasn't sold out, but it was quite busy. Um, there was a lot of clapping and cheering and that sort of thing, and, I, and it was kind of nice to be in an, in a theatre where there was a whole lot of people who were really interested in seeing this movie. Yeah, I and bet I you think didn't, the they didn't. They didn't interrupt the movie itself, did they? No, they did. To be fair, I know. I know. I was worried about that, but uh, I think because it was a midnight showing, I think if I'd have gone during the day, the following day, there might have been some. Sure, but like that. that's what I was saying, though. When you go to the first screening of a Star Wars movie, you don't get jerks. You get people yeah. who really want to be there to see the movie. Chad Perry and I went. Chad being, of course, he's been here on Tech Fan in the past, a few episodes. He was my original co-host on the MyMac podcast. We went to the 7 p.m. screening. Uh, so we started watching it like an hour after you did. Yeah. And to be honest, there was some problems. Um the, the commercials were really long before it, and they gave us, and I'm not kidding, like 12 or 13 trailers. I was like, really? This many trailers? 
And well, then, yeah, the same. They showed advertising and trailers at my screening, and I'm thinking, this is this is midnight. Yeah, exactly. This, movie, this is not a short movie either. It's over two hours. Right. Show the movie. We can do without the uh, the ad. The ads in particular. The trailers were fine, but the ads definitely could have lived with it. It, it was obnoxious how many commercials and trailers they put before this movie when Chad and I went. It was obnoxious. In fact, it was almost to the point where it was insulting. People started to be to say stuff. And then, <laughs> instead of starting the movie, the last trailer played. They jumped right to the middle of the new, um, oh, I don't even know that, that movie where the, the Hunger Games, the new right. Hunger Games movie, they started, they picked that up right in the middle of the movie and we got to watch about five minutes of that. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, it was That's not good. comedy of errors. And then of course that stopped and immediately the Star Wars music kicked on. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Lucasfilm logo. So it was an auspicious beginning for Chad and I to watch that movie. But like you, it was a little crowd. It was it was crowded, but it actually it wasn't crowded at all. Here's the thing: I think that most people didn't realize that you could see it that early. They were thinking because all the advertising said December eighteenth. Yeah. So honestly, our theater was about a quarter of the way full, which isn't a lot of people. Yeah. And it was kind of cool, and we had good seats. Uh, they were quiet throughout the movie. And uh, the movie-going experience itself was fine, other than the problems at the beginning. So, let's jump. Like I, I did. Let, let's let's preface this <laughs> by saying I actually did like this movie. I, I liked it an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the problem, any problems you find with it, and I spent. I th- the reason I knew I liked it a lot is I spent so much time the following day thinking about it. Yeah. Whereas normally I go and see a movie and it was, you know, even the movies I really like, um, you know, franchises really like, like Avengers or Star Trek or something like this. I go in, I enjoy it, and then, you know, probably a couple of hours afterwards, unless somebody asks me, I'm not thinking about it anymore. I was thinking about this all the following day. No, but, so, the, 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 yeah, but. This is a franchise you've been following since you were seven years old, David. It is, but I was very conscious, and, and this doesn't didn't surprise me. I, I've always thought one of the reasons Star Wars had a such big impact on people like you and I is, first of all, the age we were at when we came out. We were at the perfect age. We were at Cole's age, yep. seven, eight years old. Yeah. Secondly, at the time, there was nothing like that in the movie theater for us. No. Yeah, the movies were, were unless you went to see a, a like a real kids movie, like a Disney movie or something. There was nothing in the theater for kids our age to watch. There wasn't. And then Star Wars came, and that to, to me, I think that's why it's had such a big cultural impact because it tra- it transformed the movie industry because all of a sudden the guys in Hollywood realized they could they could make entertaining family movies for everybody uh, with all kind of different levels in, and, and it would make a would lot make a more money. A yeah. lot more and, money, and and George Lucas really had the vision for that. And I know he takes a lot of stick for things that have come later, um, but you know, really, I th- I think he did transform the industry. And you're never going to do that again. The industry is. We've spent the last six, seven months avoiding every spoiler we can. I've I've actually got to the point where, you know, when the movie blogs talk anything Star Wars, I just don't read the post. I delete it because I so much did not want to get anything spoiled for this. Uh, I was exactly and, the and, same way. I was yeah. skipping. I would see Star Wars. And I would skip right past yeah, it. I exactly. would force my eyes not to even look at the pictures if I could avoid it. Because like so, you, I didn't want to know anything about this movie beyond the trailers. And even the trailers, I didn't watch the last couple trailers. I was like, eh. 
I started and then I stopped. And I was like, I, d- I don't want to know. I just don't right. want to know too much. So I, I think in that sort of environment, it's it's probably never going to live up to your ex- internal expectations. And I kind of went into it going in with that, and I actually was pleasantly surprised by how good I thought how good I thought it was. Yeah. It wasn't it's certainly not a flawless movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and uh, there's a lot of things that I have problems with with it, but I still think it's a great, great film, yep. particularly for a Star Wars fan. So for anybody who listens to uh, our commentary here, and you think maybe we, guys are being too harsh, man. You're, you're yeah. supposed to go to a movie and just have fun. I mean, it, it's comes, just a movie. Comes out of love. <laughs> it, this all comes out of love, absolutely, yeah. because we both, right at the front, said we liked the movie, and I did. Yeah. I really did like the movie, but mm-hmm. there are some issues that yep. I have with this movie that just rub me the wrong way, and and I'll get to the big one here in a little bit. But did it feel like a Star Wars movie to you? Uh, I, in some respects, I think it was too much of a Star Wars movie in that I, I found the the heart... But I mean, a lot of people have, have kind of said since it came out, it's, it's almost like a remake of A New Hope. And I actually sat and watched A New Hope the day after because uh, I want Alexander to see the first three movies before we go and see Force Awakens with him. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I watched uh, The Force Awakens, and then the following day I watched A New Hope. And the parallels are... I mean... It, Undeniable. It goes, I, it's it not it's not not but undeniable it's it's almost too much yes the structure the the journey the characters go on in some respects is so slavishly following the original movie it's almost like you know you almost want to go come on guys this do we do we really need to do it this way yeah i i wasn't um, asking jj abrams to reinvent the wheel here all I wanted was a continuation of what came before. I wanted to follow the storyline of the Skywalker family and this universe, not just the Skywalkers either. I wanted more movies in this universe. I wanted some diversity in this universe. And in a lot of respects, he didn't deliver because he simply copied, copied the formula from the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. All right, there's a big giant spaceship in space. And this time it blocks out a whole planet as it flies over the screen to to, to start, which was like yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, that didn't have the impact that no. the original movie did. When you see this, the de- uh, the star destroyer come o- above you and and come into frame, that was so much more imposing than what J.J. Abrams did. And then there's a droid on a desert planet with secret plans. In this case, it's a map, but yeah. what's the difference? And- and a, and a a young person who 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 lives on the desert planet and is desperate to get away, but has and and has never realised their own destiny, and yep. has no no real no understanding of their own destiny, and that's like linked to the Jedi. And then they find um, somebody else, uh, and they both escape on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and then. I mean, there's so many parallels. It was just like, come on. This is, you didn't have to go this route, JJ. You no, really I, didn't. I, I, I think I think the problem was they got uh, perhaps a tiny little bit caught up in the fan service. Um, and that, you know, to be honest with you, I thought the fan service bits were, were very well done. There's lots of little shots 
and little things in there which kind of throw back to the original, which they could have left in there for the fans, and everyone else would have gone, you know, fine. Um, I think the structure of the plot was a real weakness, a real weakness. Well, I think about- I, I think the, the the plot and the story itself were the biggest weakness. I mean, it was. I'll be honest yeah. with you, it wasn't great. No, and and I, I remember that one of the great things about A New Hope was that even though there's a whole load of coincidences, they kind of flowed into a, well, I could see how this could happen. The problem with the coincidences in The Force Awakens is because, for a start, because you've seen it before, it immediately becomes contrived. Yep. Yeah? I, I mean, for instance, the the whole uh, the whole setup of the of the... The setup of the universe in, in A New Hope was simple and it was clear. You've got a rebellion fighting an evil empire. Yep. The evil empire has a big super weapon. They're trying to stop the big super weapon, right? That is the kind of the, the environment. You don't need to know anything more than that, right? So this time round, despite the fact that we already know most of us in the theatre, all even the people who've never seen Star Wars before, they know who Darth Vader is. They know about the Emperor. They know what a Death Star is. Yeah, because these things have entered into our culture. They know what a, a Jedi is, and they know what a lightsaber is. Most of the big kind of hits from the first movie, everybody now knows, even if they're not Star Wars fans. So you don't need to reuse those. <laughs> you don't, and and it, and it stretches credibility to me that you could have fought two galactic wars in in the space of the last hundred years, the Clone Wars and then the 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 Rebellion War to defeat the Empire, yeah, and then thirty years afterwards, the whole Empire, the whole galaxy could have slept walked into a situation where that whole thing has started again. How could they allow in any kind of um, any realistic universe at all? Okay, we've defeated the Empire, and within thirty years, we've allowed a new emperor emperor style guy being led by a, an evil lightsaber wielding guy with a big army of white troopers and spaceships and everything. how could that be allowed to happen again and they're not in charge of the entire galaxy they were kind of an offshoot of the empire but all this should have been explained they it, yeah, it exactly. wasn't explained that the first order isn't in charge of the galaxy because you're no, not I, sure I, I understood that but i'm looking at what they have and what they've built and the mm-hmm. ships they've got everything i'm thinking who the hell's funding these guys right <laughs> yeah Where, where's their labor coming from you can't build that thing without hundreds of thousands of people and you can't do that in secret. And would the rest of the galaxy, who sit back and relax, and yeah, apart, yeah, apart from Leah and her troops, seem to have gone on holiday. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it stretched credibility, no it, question. It did. it did, and then the whole, you know, I understand you have to have a, a kind of a, a, a quest. Yeah. So, so the quest in this one is Luke has disappeared. In fact, that's the opening crawl. That's I was yeah. very impressed with that. Luke Skywalker has disappeared, and I yeah, thought, oh, that's interesting. I kind of like that. But, but then they gave us no good explanation for why he might have done that. This, this is he, my biggest problem with the movie, David. We'll I'm get to sick, this. Yeah. We'll, here, here's God, my biggest issue yeah. with this movie, and it wasn't. And again, huge spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie, don't listen to it. Don't listen to this podcast at this point. So, my biggest issue with this movie is Luke Skywalker. Now, I understand that Kylo Ren is actually Ben Solo, mm-hmm. right? That's it's Han and Leia's son, and he, Luke was training him. The guy 
was seduced by the dark side. He killed all of Luke's other students. And then what? See, this is, this is the part that I don't agree with at all. It's not in character for, okay, that I, I buy that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. What I don't buy. They very, they very clearly demonstrated in the movie. I and this is one of the few bits of, of kind of character depth they gave to any of the characters in the movie was that, um, Kylo Ren, it almost wasn't it wasn't even that he he'd been seduced by the dark side so much as it started off as he had hero worship for darth vader his grandfather his grandfather yep. yeah and and everything that he did and that's why he's conflicted because i think he realizes ultimately that he's not he's not darth vader he's darth vader light and also that yeah it is kind of it is he's almost like he has fan service for darth vader yes uh, so it's it's not like he's and he's an emotional troubled guy. I mean, he, he throws temper like tantrums. He's not imposing and, and menacing the way Vader was. See, in no respect is he a Sith Lord, and, no. and and he's certainly yeah, he certainly is no is not measuring up to kind of what what Darth Vader what he what he imagined Darth Vader would be. And so here's my fundamental issue with this movie: the way Luke. Skywalker is portrayed is completely out of character for Luke Skywalker. So all this happens. Luke's other students get slaughtered by his nephew. And he does what? Well, according to the movie, he takes off and he, 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 he He basically said, screw you guys. I'm going home. Right. I, 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 I can't deal with this. I'm leaving. Yeah. Really? That's Luke Skywalker. This is the same Luke Skywalker that basically was trained by Yoda for like 10 minutes. Um, saved the galaxy by trying to save his own father. Confronts the Emperor and tells the Emperor right to his face. Soon I'll, soon I'll be dead and you with me. He's willing to sacrifice his own life to defeat the Emperor. Um... He puts all this responsibility on himself to try to save the galaxy. Now, you can say, well, yeah, he was a young man and blah, blah, blah. But Luke was always about personal responsibility and a, and a larger responsibility to serve the Jedi way, to be a Jedi like his father when he was still a Jedi, even though he was a, his father was a whiny ass. Um, he, he tries to do good. And he doesn't skirt his responsibility at all. And yet, in this movie, things go south, and he just leaves. That well, is yeah. out of character, one hundred percent. In in Empire, he he walks away from his mentor and his Jedi to training save his friends. to save his friends. Yeah, because they're going to die. Despite the fact that Yoda tells him that if he does that, he effectively could be throwing away everything, and yet he's prepared to do that anyway. You're telling me, I'm again stretching credibility. Luke has disappeared. I can even buy that he's disappeared in such a way that makes it very, very difficult to find him, which is kind of the, the, the quest of the movie. Right. Yeah? You're telling me in this galaxy they don't have email? They don't have radio? <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't keep tabs on what was going on and wouldn't come back when he... When he even, even assuming he had made this mistake, uh, oh, Kylo Ren sorted all my, all my pupils, he's turned to the dark side... I don't think I can face him because he's even if if his explanation is he's he's my nephew. I can't I can't kill my nephew, so I'm going to have to leave. 
all right, I'm going to go off and find the Jedi Temple, and maybe that will give me some enlightenment or whatever. You're, you're, not him, right. telling, you're not telling me that that he, having done that, he wouldn't keep tabs on what was going on. As soon as he realizes that Kylo Ren is an, allied with the First Order and the Empire might be about to come back, he's not going to come back. Instead, he's going to sit there and wait for um, wait for for somebody to bring him his old lightsaber or whatever it is. Which, by the they, way, I think. Ray, the uh, uh, Daisy yeah. Riley's character, I think that's his daughter. Oh well, clearly. I mean, it seems. Know, yeah. Seems uh, uh, her. Her. It's journey. either it's either her. It's either his daughter or it's uh, the twin. It's the Kylo's twin. sister. It's one of the two. Yeah, uh, but but the thing or is, it could be I, Chewbacca's I mean, daughter. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Ch- Chewbacca on three POs. Daughter. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I think she both, shaves a lot. Both these new, uh, both these new characters they had in the movie. The, um, uh Yeah, they were uh, the best by po, far. Poe Dameron, uh, po Ray, Dameron. and Finn are yeah. fantastic in this movie. I, in fact, I really liked Finn. I've been struggling with this. Which character do I like the best? I like Finn. He is yeah. my favorite character. They honestly, they didn't need. Han, they didn't need Leia, they didn't need Chewie or the droids or Luke. They didn't need any of those characters. If they would have started this new franchise, well, not not franchise, but new series, with just these three characters for the whole movie, it would have been better. Are you kidding me? It would have been better. Um, They they are not only that phenomenal casting, because these people can act the screen off. Yeah. Well, they've got a... So can the rest, but they were never given the chance with Lucas in charge. No, no, but but I, I I mean really really impressive in terms of they, I mean <coughs> these these, these uh, kids have have never been in big budget movies before. Um, John Boyega was in Attack the Block, which yeah. if you haven't seen, is a fabulous movie. Yeah, that's a good one. But it, it's a small, uh, uh, low budget British. Did you catch Jan- Daniel Craig in that movie? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean afterwards. Yeah, so I, you know which character he was. Yeah, so I know who he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so was great. Pretty- that was you so know, great. You see, those those kinds of scenes. I mean, a lot of I know a lot of people have criticised in in uh, after movie saying, "Oh, how come she knew how to do all these Jedi things so quickly?" And I think that's part of her character's journey. We'll find out more about that in the next movie. But the thing is, is that I think those scenes were extremely well done. Yep. And this is what when when you're saying that she could they they could have carried the movie on their own. Absolutely, to show a character uh, in Finn who. I, I, for a start, I thought it was a great idea. Everyone always thought, "What the hell? Did, why the hell did the stormtroopers work for the Empire?" Everybody knew they were evil, and yet they were all in it. To show a stormtrooper basically goes, "You know what? This isn't right, and I'm not doing this anymore." You know, when they're yet, slaughtering the village at the beginning of the movie, you can't even see his face, but you can no. totally see. And I like how they did. The guy reaches up, and he's got blood on his mask, so you can kind of tell, "Oh, this is the this is the yeah. one guy." His reaction to slaughtering the villagers and stuff is so pitch perfect in that his body language is conveying this is not what i signed up for this is wrong i'm very uncomfortable with this and his instinct is to get the hell out of there yeah yeah absolutely and yet despite that his 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 uh, willingness to redeem himself means that he he despite fact, he even says at some points i i really i'm not ready for this and yet he will throw himself into it yep. and almost prevails 
on the basis of purely his bravery and strength and redemption. I think his was was a fabulous character art for him, and it was it was really well done. We had and two, it, three movies to believe that Anakin Skywalker fell in love with Padme, and I yeah. never believed it. I believed yeah. that Finn fell in love with Rey within ten minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Completely bought it. That he absolutely adores her. Uh, he's he's a little conflicted about it, but he's totally in love with her. Yeah. I totally believe that, and it's so and without, obvious without anybody saying anything. Exactly, about, you know, exactly. Well done, and that, this is why some of the other bits are, are so disappointing. That you know, and 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 when you see character arcs like that, and yet there's also lazy storytelling put aside. It I mentioned to you, apparently in this galaxy, in the J.J. Abrams version of Star of Star Wars. Everywhere in the galaxy is 15 minutes from everywhere else. Yeah, they get there almost immediately. <laughs> what, what is the point of having a galactic space war if you can be anywhere in the universe in 15 minutes? It takes them quicker to get from the Rebel base to the Starkiller base than it does after they've landed at the Starkiller base to get to the thing they're supposed to blow up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it, was, it was... Yeah, and I, my response to that to you was, in A New Hope, in the first Star Wars movie... The flight to Alderaan seems to be a, a day at least, because there's conversations on the Falcon. Han's like, I don't believe in this religious mumbo jumbo. Uh, he's uh, Kenobi starts training Ben on how to use a lightsaber. You know, Chewie's playing chess. It's these little character moments that we forget. Lucas used to be really good at making movies. He really was, and he understood building up these characters. They had so many opportunities in this movie. The, my my biggest gripe with this movie, other than really, was it's action piece, action piece, action. I, anything that happens is just setting up the next action piece. Yeah. And it's a very Transformers, Michael Bay way to go, which I totally disagree with. This movie needed 20 minutes of quiet time to yeah. really make it a great movie. And J.J. Abrams did not trust his script... And he did not trust the audience to sit there for 20 minutes learning more about these characters in quiet times. He just didn't do it. And the ones that needed the most character development wasn't the good guys. It was the bad guys. I never felt menaced by them. There was never a moment in this movie to me. I know the attack on the village. uh, I know when uh, Kylo Ren freezes the blaster in mid-blast, which was pretty freaking cool. It was, Um, None of that even came close to Darth Vader walking through the blasted door in the Corellian Corvette. None of well, that I, even came close. I, I always thought some of the best, and, and uh, this was reinforced by watching A New Hope the day after, some of the best um, uh, exposition scenes in, in A New Hope were the ones that were set just with the Imperials on the Death Star, yeah. where they were sat around the table to- arguing about how to c- deal with the rebellion. That, you know, that shows that it... it, it, it it demonstrates that not only this, is this, a, is this a, um, a group of people who are pretty corrupt and evil and, and bent on power, but also they disagree how to do things, that they're conflicted, um, that they're arrogant. I mean, it tells you so much about the Imperials in one go. And also, it, it, did, it just gave the rest of the scenes a chance to breathe. And you also and got a sense of who Darth Vader was and that... You know, he wasn't completely in charge. There was a guy, yeah. Tarkin, kind of holding his leash, and one guy pissed Vader off, and he force chokes him. I yeah. find your lack of faith. I mean, that was such... He, they did such a good job. Now, I'm not saying that 
Kylo Ren needed to be that character. He clearly doesn't. In fact, it's better that he's not. I like the fact that this guy's a loose cannon. He's like a child throwing tantrums sometimes. Yeah. You could kind of get the sense that General Hux is kind of holding his leash, but he's also scared to death of this guy because he's he's insane, clearly. Yeah. Um, but I still, there was no menacing factor that could have been developed from the bad guys. Now, I, I tell you, the one that I really... Here's the funny part. She wasn't even on screen very long with uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie, Captain Phasma, the one with the shiny armor. Yeah, when she says, why did you, why is your helmet off? And, you know, you need to uh, submit your rifle for inspection. And she was super menacing to me. She was the character that was like, oh, man, I want to see more of her. I wanted to see less of Kylo Ren. I want to see more of her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. She was awesome. I, she was, and and yeah, yeah, she was clearly somebody who could get stuff done, and that's kind of what what uh, something like the First Order needs. What it doesn't need is another, you know, big glowing hologram <laughs> evil emperor. Emperor. I think they could have they could have done without him completely. I didn't even understand who he was, why he's there. No, well, that's, this is it. they didn't bother to explain right, exactly. So it just comes across as as, as Emperor Light. Yeah, and it's, and people it, say, well, they didn't show that in in the first Star Wars movie either. So why are you complaining? Because they didn't need to. He wasn't. He wasn't even in the no, first Star Wars. All he was. He had one reference where yeah. the Emperor has suspended the Senate. Well, yeah. how how. He can't do that. What about the blah, blah, blah? Well, the local governors are going to run their sectors. And you're, oh, okay, I got it. Perfect. So there's one guy that's in charge. He has ultimate power. He suspended the Senate. All these are his underlings. He must be pretty powerful. In this one, you get this giant hologram of this Andy Circus guy that talks menacingly. It, it didn't work. It just didn't work. And, and it was... It seemed false to me. It's like, okay, well, there's the big bad guy that Luke's going to have to face eventually, and it's probably not even going to be Luke. It's probably going to be Ray that has to f- fight this guy at the end. And and the other thing as well is that the the First Order as an organization, right? They've clearly modeled themselves after the Empire. That's clearly they're you know they're they're the Empire fan service. Do after losing two Death Stars. They build another one. They decide to be, yeah, again, once again, put all your eggs in one great big technological basket. But, but this one is works. even more stupid because it's inside of a planet. <laughs> you can't even aim the damn thing. You just got to hope that eventually, you know, well, three well, o'clock tomorrow I mean, will be I, pointing I, I, in the right I, direction. The, 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 again, the, the implication was that this could take out anything anywhere. But at which point I thought, well, if you know how to build one of those, you don't even need to bother with, with the starships and the troopers and all of that. Just build a couple of those everywhere and then just tell everyone what to do. I mean, it, it, the whole thing just came across as, a, as like, well, it's not credible that anybody would make those same mistakes. I mean, this was kind of a theme all the way through. It's, it's almost like everyone's making the same mistakes they've always made over and over again. And and it's just just like nobody learns in this universe. It's just dark. Here's what bothered me. It, it's built in a planet, and it uses a star, a sun, as its power source to shoot, right? And it basically sucks up an entire star and then shoots, right? Yeah. But this is a planet that doesn't move around. At least that's what it looked like, and it wasn't explained any other way. 
whereas the Death Star was moving towards the Rebel base. You understood that it had propulsion. It can go wherever they want. It's a giant battle station. This looked like a planet. So clearly it doesn't move because as a planet, if it's trying to move throughout a star system on its own, it's just going to crumble and fall apart, right? And there was no clear signs of any kind of propulsion or anything. So once it sucks up the star and shoots, then what? It's just... (laughs) You, well, well, you can't it park shot, it next to another sun, so I guess... Well, it shot, it shot before, because it blew up that planet who we don't really know what was on that planet. That apparently. was the Senate. Well, was it? It wasn't really made very clear whether it was the Senate or not. Yeah, it was the, the, is, it was the seat of the new Senate, and somehow this big planet thing sucked up the one star near it, and I don't know where another star came from to recharge it, but yeah. apparently this thing could shoot across a galaxy... And people on other planets from very far away can actually see the shot and see the other planets exploding. So yeah. I guess they were right next to well, each other. I don't you know. know. This is, I mean, JJ did this in the Star Wars movie. I don't in the Star Trek movie. I don't even remember that. Um, again, the same problems when when. It, when it, it when the Enterprise left Earth to get to, to Vulcan, it only took them about twenty minutes. Yeah. It, it, at one point, they even say that. So we'll be there in five minutes, and they've only just left. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I was thinking, well, if everywhere's so close to each other, why are you sending space cadets to go and attack this big bad? Why don't you bring the fleet back if they're only fifteen minutes away? Uh, and again, when um, Kirk gets dumped on that planet and he finds Spock. They're able to watch the destruction of Vulcan in the sky. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's stupid. supposed to be a different star system, and it's just like, you know, and then this whole oh, we can teleport through hyperspace, and we can, you know, and then the second movie they were able to beam from one star system to another. I think it's a particular JJ weakness to say, oh, you know, this this stuff doesn't matter, and it, in fact, it does. Yeah, if you could beam to any planet, what do you need starships for? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You got a, you got a, you got an enemy. You just yeah. beam a nuclear bomb to their capital, and they're and if, done. If you, if you can build a space cannon that can destroy any planet in the galaxy in two three minutes, as long as you've got a nearby sun, what do you need soldiers for? Exactly. <laughs> you it, know? It, it was ridiculous. That that aspect of the movie was some of the laziest storytelling I've seen in a long time, and I was hoping that that's what they brought in. Kazdan 4 to fix these kind of things for JJ and he totally didn't yeah. it was it was really bad I mean I didn't buy the bad guys I wanted to learn more about them so I could fear for the hero's safety uh, they did seem a lot more competent than stormtroopers of old especially the one guy that pulls out this electric staff thing and he can fight lightsabers with it i don't know quite how that worked but yeah that was pretty again, badass but, but the, it was badass but the problem is you t- you talk about the action sequences sometimes and that particular one stood out for me is is it struck me and i that that happened and i immediately thought oh that's that's a toy fight yeah that is a fight so that they can sell a particular type of stormtrooper with that. I, I accept that, that that's going to happen in the Star Wars movie. I, I get that. you got to have a diversity so you can sell the toys. Sure, that's fine with me. Or in the video game, I can be this kick-ass stormtrooper guy who has a quasi-lightsaber thing, and I can defend myself against a lightsaber. I get that. That's fine. I had no problem with that. What I had a problem with is I just didn't feel menaced by the bad guys i just didn't and it's the biggest lack of storytelling in this movie honestly is what they did and what they didn't do with the first order you didn't explain anything 
And, okay, I understand why you don't explain why Luke went away. And, okay, I'll accept that. What I don't accept is the laziness of we have to show action, 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 but I'm never going to develop the characters of the bad guys. I'm never going to give you a sense of their territory, who they just destroyed with their super weapon, which, again, somehow magically everyone can see, which is just absolutely stupid. Um, the, the feasibility of the weapon they built, which completely is not feasible, at least with the Death Star, it's an artificial construct. It took a long time to build. You get that. You get that sense of purpose. Well, it's a, yeah, giant, it's a planet with a giant gun in it. It's here's it's, the other thing. Yeah, the the First Order is supposed to be like a you know kind of an offshoot of the of the Galactic Empire. Yep. And yes, we we've queried their funding, their resources, their their manpower, but the original Death Star took thirty years to build. Because we saw in, it, in it, we yes. saw it at the end of Revenge of the Sith, starting being constructed, and then it was just finished in a, in a New Hope. Yep. So you're not telling me these guys started work on that straight after uh, the Battle of um, the Battle of Endor, and yet all of a sudden they 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 produced something bigger and better and more destructive and everything, and apparently they did it under everyone's nose. Well, I I can kind of understand that because it would take a lot less time to build a cannon within a planet than it would an entire Death Star. That's bigger than a small moon, right? I that I can kind of get that. It's like, well, they didn't have time to build a whole new Death Star. And let's be honest, do they need to build another giant super weapon? It's made no sense. Um, it would take a lot less time to... to it would probably take maybe a couple years to, if you had the resources of the Empire to dig a giant hole and stick yeah, a tube down there that could shoot across galaxies. Presumably they didn't have the resource of the Empire because the Empire had been defeated. Yeah, well, That's again, the- it goes back to they didn't establish any kind of history with the bad guys. Thus, I, I don't... I'm not. I don't feel any menace from them. Um, I know we're running long on this show, and it's just the way it is because we still have a little bit more to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the original ta- cast. I thought Peter Mayhew's Chewbacca was spot on. Uh, this was the best Chewbacca I've seen since uh, Empire. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, he had he had more to do than I expected him to, to be honest. Um, I love and, how uh, Han finally uses his his bowcaster, and he's like, "Oh, I like that." Yeah. And and let's talk about Han Solo, Harrison Ford. This is his best outing as Han Solo, no question. It is now. I, I've I've known for a while that Harrison Ford really didn't like Han Solo very much. I think he, uh, and the reason for that was Return of the Jedi. He he invested he, he invested an awful lot in the character. He really committed to the character, and apparently in the first two movies he rewrote a lot of the dialogue he did. to give him the to give him the the kind of swagger he always had. Yep. Um, and well, then was, Harrison Ford wanted Han to die at the end of Empire to to lend weight to the next uh, well, the last movie. He, he, cert- he certainly said. said they should have killed him off at the end of Return of the Jedi, and yep. he did. He was not happy with how Han Solo was using Return of the Jedi, um, so he's been he's been after Han Solo dying <laughs> to give emotional weight to a movie for a long time, and now we have that. Yeah. Um, I th- I thought yeah I thought he this was definitely a swan song for the character. I wouldn't expect him to ever come back and do Force Ghost or Resurrected Han or anything no. like that. No, he's I done with Star think- Wars. He's done with Star Wars, and, and, and I'm think, fine with that too. To be yeah, honest. absolutely. I think I think you can see in the way he's handled some of the press um, that he's he's not particularly a fan of um, 
the Star Wars mania. No. <laughs> if, if I can add, you know, that's really not his thing. But so he gave I, the I, character I, one last go, and yeah. you could totally tell Harrison Ford put all of himself and who Han Solo should have been the whole time into yeah. this last movie. He it did a fantastic been, job. It would have been very easy for him to do a kind of... Call know, it in. Call it in or, or to basically, you know, hands slowed down a bit and... Uh, yeah, no, you don't get any of that. He's a bit wiser. He's a bit um, cooler. He's a bit... No, nope, he's know, the cool, same Han Solo. Basically, he plays him exactly the same way and he, he clearly believes, and I think I agree with him, that this is how Han Solo would age. He would just basically never change. I agree. If the man is perfectly comfortable with being who he is, yeah, and and is always when the bad guy when when the other guys show up on his ship, demanding their money, and there's two fractions, he's like, hey, hey when have I ever let you down? It, you, it's, you you always let us down. Well, we and, always got the, you always got the impression with Han Solo that he knew that one day his number would be up, yep. and he accepted that that was basically a. a a, a consequence of the lifestyle he had chosen. He knew one day his lot would run out and he would probably be killed. And he was perfectly happy with that. Yep. He wasn't looking for... And the people who always thought Han Solo was the shoot-first guy and ask questions later, well, he was, but that wasn't his natural inclination. His natural inclination as Han Solo was to talk his way out of bad situations. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a scoundrel. He was, I mean... He won the Millennium Falcon from Lando Calrissian, and he probably cheated to do it. We all we all accept that. So he yeah. was totally in character for this whole movie. I totally bought it. Uh, I, I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see any more Solo, and, and that no. does make me a little sad. Yeah, but I, I think. Hold on a second, David. I don't know if GarageBand is going to stop recording. It's. It looks like it might. Let me check it here. Nope, it kept going. All right. It looked like it was getting to the end, like, oh, this is as far as I'm going to go today, guys. Um, I think he did a fantastic job. 3PO, small role. We didn't need him. We didn't need C-3PO. We did not need R2-D2. Oh, he's been in a deep sleep since Luke disappeared, and all of a sudden he wakes (laughs) up and he has the map. That was just contrived crap. It's like, we got a a weasel R2 in here somewhere. Yeah, not only that, you can put you can't plug you can't plug into his USB port and wipe the pull his memory out. Right, yeah, that mean, was really, ridiculous. And and then uh, BB-8, fantastic little droid. Uh, amazing, yeah. And and again, if you've got that, if you've got BB-8, in there, you don't need R2D2. Exactly. Uh, you need you didn't to. need him. He could, he should have just been where Luke was. Yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, General Leia, <laughs> she was fantastic. And you she notice was. it wasn't General Solo. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, she did a great no, I, job. Yeah, she did, and and again, she. I I think the journey they took her on in terms of going away from being the. I mean, she was she was tough in in A New Hope, but she was pretty weak, and she's turned into, you know, somebody who who is capable of running running. She was never weak in any of the Star Wars movies. She no, killed she, Jabba she, when he, yeah, she was no, captured. Was, she, I'm talking about the very first in the very first in, in A New Hope. She was No, she, she was, wasn't. She's she's captured 
And then when they when he breaks in, she's sarcastic. She's like, kind of short for a stormtrooper, aren't I, you? I, she got pushed around a lot. You kind of got the impression that... She pushed back, dude. Go back pushed, and watch that movie. Know, she pushes she pushed, back. I know she pushed back, but she still got... She still ended up being in the, you know, I need saving role. And I don't think there was any impression in this one that she would ever accept being saved by anybody ever again. I, I will accept that. I'll accept that. Yeah. But I, I will deny that she was a weak character. She was a tough chick. In oh, Star Wars. Was, That's why I always like Princess Leia. She, she broke that tough. mold of what a princess is. You know? I, yeah. I liked her. I tell you what, one of the oh, that was freaking cool moments for me, that almost a holy shit moment, was Poe Dameron's in the X-Wing. That one shot that they show him, yeah. that was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, and then uh, and then Finn goes, "Wow, that guy knows what he's doing. He's yeah. watching him from the ground." Yeah, yeah, it's, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I, but I, I wish Poe Dameron would have had a bit more screen time. Um, I totally, I'm with you 100. percent And I think the kind of the buddy buddy thing they start setting up between him and Finn, yeah, could have done I, with a little bit more as well. I agree, but I think you're going to see that in the next movie. That's yeah. the new Han and Luke right there. It looks, it looks like it might have been cut slightly because he went from being, you know, when when he realizes that Dameron is alive again. Um, later on, you know, they, 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 it seems to be more than it than it than we've seen on screen. Yeah, I do and feel I, like there was some important stuff cut out of this movie. Yeah, for the yeah. sake of more action, unfortunately. But having said that, all in all, I still think it was uh, immeasurably better than any of the prequels. Um, the soundtrack, by the way, is awesome. Yeah, it's not as good. I will say this: of the six Star Wars movies that's out there. As far as the music is concerned, this one comes number seven. It's mm-hmm. not as good as any of the other six movies. It just isn't. It's good. I like it a lot. It's not John Williams' best work. I, I must. It must be hard for somebody like him to continue to riff off the same themes. You know, maybe, I, you maybe. know, this would anybody else. This would be the best work they've ever done. Yeah, that's all I have to say. But I don't get me wrong. I bought the soundtrack. I really like it. Cole's yeah. listening to it, you know, eight feet away from me right now. Can it you just, hear me, Cole? Just, yeah. Yeah, he's still listening to music, so I'm good. It just the, the the problem for me with the music was it just sank into the background. Um, That's exactly right. Where it, it wasn't a character in the movie the way it was yeah. in all six of the other movies. And listening to the soundtrack now, there's so much quietness to it that simply doesn't match the movie that I watched. I don't listen to something and go oh, this is where this happens, or this is where that happens. It, it, it's just not there. So, having having seen it, we, we obviously you're going to see it again with Cole. I, I'll take Brooke and Cole, um, possibly my mom, because I know my dad's not going to take her, so I might call her up and see if she wants to go, and I'm probably going to do that Tuesday. So, yeah, I'm going to see it again uh, in the theater. I won't see it a third time in the theater. I'll wait till it comes out on video after this point. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Don't get me wrong. I know that we... It, people listening to this are probably like, man, why'd you guys even go see it? You guys are just hammering on it. We hammer because we care. Um, yeah. I um, really liked the movie. I thought it was really good uh, in most respects. It just had some fen- fundamental flaws that... Let's be honest, David. If it wasn't Star Star Wars, we probably would be raving about this movie to the ends of the earth. How great this is. And, oh, my God, these bad guys are so cool. But it is in the Star Wars universe. And so we do hold it up, unfairly, maybe, to a higher standard. 
Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, the next movie. Not not episode eight. I'm looking forward to that too. But I'm looking forward to the one next Christmas. The uh, the Rogue One movie. The Rogue One. one. The, the capture of the Death Star plans. Yeah, that looks really good. I think it's going to be a kind of a heist movie. Yeah, I I I think I think I'm looking forward to, but unfortunately, I think I'm worried that I already know how it ends. Yeah, a lot of people die. A lot of Bothans. But I no, I'm looking forward to that. I hope they deliberately make sure that nobody's identified as a Bothan, because otherwise you're going to (laughs) know you ain't going to make it to the final credits. That's right. I know that they're talking about doing a solo Han Solo movie, which obviously is going to be when he's younger. I don't like that idea now. Now that they've killed off the character, I prefer that Han Solo lives on only in the movies where Harrison Ford is Han Solo. I don't yeah. think you need to explore that character any further than what Han just did in this movie. That was Han Solo. Yeah. And that's all we need to know about the character. Now, Boba Fett, sure. I'd love to see a movie about Boba Fett. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, sure, absolutely. What happens after between 4 and 5, I, or uh, 3 and 4? I'd love to see that role revived. I, I lo- I'd love to see what could happen there. Um have you been watching the cartoon show Star Wars Rebels? Oh, of course. Yeah, I haven't seen the last episode. We're, we're going to watch that tonight. So, because uh, I think I, I'd like to see that in live action. I'd like to see those characters come through into the movies. Uh, I want to keep them separate. I know it's canon. I know that this happens in the same universe. Um, but look, the Clone Wars, the cartoon show, was fantastic. I mean, there was a couple of stinkers in there, especially when they start showing the little kids and building the lightsabers. That was pretty, meh. Uh, although my kids liked it, so there you go. But all in all, it was a fantastic series. This one picks up where that one left off uh, with some of the same characters, and I really like it. Yep. But I don't want to see live action. I want it to live where it is. Do okay. new, Do new stuff. Do new characters. That's what I'd really like to see. So, uh, I mean, it's it's exciting now for Star Wars fans because pretty much they're going to be chilling out a movie every year. Yep. With, with some description or another. Yeah, so, which kind of worries me, to be honest. Well, got to got to recoup that investment. Yeah, well, they're, they're going to follow the Marvel route, and that's okay with me. So, David, that was our review. I give it a, a solid B+, plus, almost an A-. minus. Yeah, same for me. I, 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 probably an 8 out of 10 for me, but I was hoping for a 9. So, I was too. Uh, th- those, those things we've talked about that kind of took us out of the movie and saying what is the difference between you know an 8 or a, a 9 or a 9.5. So. Yep. So let us know your thoughts. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. I know yeah. if you've listened to this, you've probably seen the movie. And if you listen to this without seeing the movie... You can't say we didn't warn you, um, but go to the movie, make up your own mind. Don't take what David and I say is, you know, the facts. This is just our opinion. Go see it and drop us a line. Let us know what you think. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Don't leave comments about the movie on our website. <laughs> I'll, I'll delete any spoilers there just because, you know, that's a, I'll capture it and I'll put it in our show notes so we can read it here, but don't, don't spoil anything in this show notes. That's, that wouldn't be good, but just send us an email, the show at techfanpodcast.com. You got anything else, David? Cause this is, I mean, this is one of our longest shows we've ever done here on tech fan. I know. I think Star Wars deserved it really. But, I, I uh, think so too. I, you know, Michael breed, He's been contacting me. We were talking about 
um, this movie. He he hit me up like the next day and was like, I gotta know what you think. Um, yeah, I kind of said the same things to him in a lot less detail, simply because it's just texting back and forth over Facebook. But Michael, send us your thoughts in on uh, the Force Awakens. We'll, we'll yeah, read no. it right here on TechVan. Come on the show if you want to. Yeah, we could do that too. So, David, let's wrap up this episode again. Uh, Really long one. Thanks for those who uh, stayed around. And we will see you in about a week. uh, I'm going to say, just because it will be Christmas between now and when we we talk again. So, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And to all our listeners as well, I hope your Christmas stockings are full of loads of uh, good tech gadgets for you to play with in the new year absolutely happy holidays so we'll talk yeah but after christmas but before new year our next yeah. episode will be the last of 2015 wow imagine that yeah yeah we started this in 2010 so <laughs> all right david talk to you next see you week soon. bye